What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hanaho Podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up? Pastor Brandon. Pastor Brandon, the USC t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when did you graduate? A long time ago, really. A long time ago. Hey, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to like call you out or nothing. Cell phones did exist, but they were like like flip phones. And nah, you were yeah. rocking the the razor. Text messaging was ten cents a text. I was not handling that. Rough back times. in my day. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing since sliced bread. Hey, it is it is college football kickoff, and I'm excited for the new season. So, just felt like wearing a shirt, you know. What do you think uh, USC's chances are this season? Uh, always get chance. Can't always say if it's a good chance. or bad chance. Always get chance. Always get chance. Yep. Well, I literally did, did not, had no idea that it was college football. I thought and you were just. No one is surprised by this, really. But we're not here to talk about college football. You stole the words right out of my mouth. We're not here to talk about college football. We're not here, even here to talk about USC. No, we're here to talk about the, as good as it is. Uh, we're here to talk about the weekend message, which you uh, shared all about being still uh, and knowing that God is God. Uh, I talked about the Israelites at the Red Sea. Uh, we talked about Moses. We talked about Jesus. Uh, and I thought that it was a, a great message. Um, oh, one of the things that really got me was how counterintuitive this whole concept is, especially to the culture that we're in today of like, everything is a hustle. Everything is like, how can I monetize this? How can I, you know, be more productive, get more work done? How can I have passive income, uh, get a side hustle for my side hustle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, How do you, kind of exist in that culture, Pastor Brandon, of side hustles, everything is like a grind versus a lot of the culture that's presented through the Bible of be still, like don't work, not don't work hard, but like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, I think I, I think that's the misnomer about the phrase be still and know that I am God. And in Psalm 4610, uh, that line is, is shared. And that same idea is, is really played out in different parts of scripture to be still and know that he is God. And one way to interpret that and misinterpret it, in my opinion, is to sit back and do nothing. And just let things play out. Now, it's one thing to wait for the development of things so that you can get a better picture on what to do decision making wise. But it's another thing to sit back lazily and say, well, trusting God is doing nothing. And that's actually not true. I think there is active trust that we can have in God. And active trust can actually mean doing something with a heart that is trusting God. So being still isn't uh, against a uh, uh, side hustle mentality. For our listeners that aren't aware, it just means time is money and be efficient. But at the same time, what it means is I'm going to trust God with everything that's coming my way. So mm-hmm. the efficiency aspect of life that we have, which typically lends itself towards us uh, making every moment count, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, but I think it's the heart that we approach things with that matters the most. See, the, the message about be still and know that I am God, I think has less to do with um, this idea of don't be lazy, get going, you know, put everything into action. 
I think it has much more to do with the heart that we have as we're putting things into action and trusting God. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 not to say that like, uh, you know, the idea of being still is like the, uh, not doing anything, sitting at home, just waiting for God to put something, uh, like all the pieces to fall together on their own. Um, but I think of like the life of Jesus, uh, how, when he was at the peak of what he was doing, you know, going and preaching into thousands and everybody following him, he would like disappear and just be like, all right, I worked and now I'm going to go like spend time with God where I think that a lot of like conventional wisdom nowadays would say like, no, you've got all this momentum and you've got to like capitalize on it. And like one thing should feed into another and then feed into another. Uh, yeah, but yeah. He would just, all right, here's what I'm doing. And now I'm going to go like take time to recharge, spend some time with God and like yeah. go into the next thing with that. Yeah. Cause there is a whole school of thought or a movement, if you will, right now about Sabbath and silence and solitude and all that is very true. Um, you know, I, I believe in what that kind of line of thought is saying, but this weekend's message wasn't as aligned that way uh, about action that we take to get there. And rather with the idea that when you're faced with a rock in a hard place or an impossible situation, uh, really what you want to trust is the God of the impossible. That was the big idea is when you're facing these impossible things, you want to trust the God that can oversee and intervene and interact and really fight on your behalf. So how do we trust the God of the impossible? And it was broken down in Exodus 14 verses 13 and 14. Just really this idea of we trust the God of the impossible uh, by doing what Moses commanded the people to do, which was don't be afraid, uh, stand firm and be still because it's really God who fights on their behalf. And I think the hard part for the people of God is they saw the literal danger that was coming their way. And that mm -hmm. was the army of Egypt, right? And then they saw the impossibilities around them, which would be the topography and geography, whether it's the Red Sea or the mountains surrounding them in this area, they were stuck. And I think being still was trusting God and actively not overreacting or not taking things into their own hands and either cowering in fear or rushing foolheartedly to the battle lines to fight. But it's rather saying God is going to fight on our behalf. So I think the idea of being still, in this case that we talked about this weekend, is really the question of when things are really tough, who do you trust? And how do you put that trust into action? Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I like that because there is that uh, uh, almost like fight or flight response um that a lot of us are in and uh or a lot of us fall into in situations like this and uh you can see it kind of in the israelites in this story where they were like uh some of them were like we shouldn't have left we shouldn't have done anything some of them uh like probably wanted to like well let's go fight but really it was just okay let's let's wait let's like not uh as you said overreact let's not like do anything rash uh, just because it's like in our faces right now, but let's wait for the Lord. Pastor Brandon, how do you, do you have any tips for like, if you are in a situation uh, when you're in between the rock and the hard place on like how to remind yourself not to have these reactions and to like take the time to wait on the Lord? Yeah, I think um, evaluating what it looks like for you in your situation to trust God is a big deal. Mm. See, trusting God sounds very conceptual, like there's not a lot of strong action steps to do. And that's probably because trusting God, while general, can be very specific to your situation. 
for example, if you're someone who's having a hard time uh, trusting God financially, things aren't coming in the way you thought they were going to be coming in. Um, you're looking at your budget, you're underwater. Trusting God could be picking up a side hustle and driving Uber and getting a side job. If you can, I mean, you're able to do so, you can. Trusting God could also actively look like evaluating your budget, keeping track of where your money's going. And that's a way of saying, God, we're going to trust you with all that you bless us with. And we're going to trust you by cutting out some of these conveniences and leisure things that we've bought. And instead, look at how do we be faithful with what you've given us. If you're single or you're in the dating scene, or you're in a time where you're looking for what's next relationship-wise, trusting God can mean not just giving in to whoever is at your doorstep. Because as I've often heard, like the right now person is not always the right person. Sometimes we're just looking for someone to fill that need and trusting God instead of saying, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to date uh, correctly. I'm going to date right. I'm going to date righteously and not give in to what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So Trusting God can look different in a bunch of different ways. Um, another example is, um, let's say we're, we're getting to an argument with either our spouse or someone that we're close to, and we have uh, every reason to be upset, and we have every reason to lash out in anger and say things that are hurtful and harmful. And sometimes um, we're just a hair, trigger, hair point trigger away from just blasting someone with stuff that we know would really hurt them. Trusting God in this case and being still because... Um, many times the reason that we get upset is because the issue that is in front of us, there's a fear wrapped around that issue that if I don't confront this in this way, it's never going to change. So I I need to say something, I need to say it like this. Otherwise, this person's never going to hear it. They're never going to change. There's a fear wrapped up in this. Trusting God in this moment could be not saying that thing at this moment and instead cooling down, calming down, praying for that person and asking God to give you the right approach and words to say, if even necessary at all. Now, granted, every situation is different, but active trust in God is typically not, basically not freaking out, not panicking. In fact, we're going to be talking about that in a future sermon about when things aren't going the way that we thought they were going to go. How do we not panic and take the easy exit out, if you will, because a lot of times God doesn't want us to take the easy way out because the easy way out is often not even the right way out. So Mm -hmm. that'll be coming up in a future weekend message. But I think... um, you know, don't be afraid, stand firm, be still. Those things are pretty straightforward. Uh, but at the same time, don't be afraid of saying, uh, believing that God has got this. So if fear is dictating and driving our decision-making process, then we're going to be reacting to everything happening. And not being afraid doesn't mean that we have um, like an empty confidence, but rather as saying, oh, it's, it's going to be fine. And just well, pretending like the facts aren't there. But it is acknowledging the facts and yet saying, what does God want me to do? How does he want me to approach this situation that I'm going through? Standing Mm. firm is the second thing, which is how do I stand on what I know is true? What I really believe God has told me is true. And then the last one, be still, is in light of those things that I face this issue courageously. um, I know what I'm standing on principally, uh, morally, scripturally. And the the last thing is uh, be still. Uh, Don't freak out. Don't uh, act rashly. Don't act like you need to make something happen now. Uh, God fights on your behalf. Mm. Yeah, what I thought was uh, so relatable uh, in this illustration of or the story of the Israelites was uh, like at this moment when they get to the Red Sea, it's basically like right after uh, like the 10 plagues and all of like God doing all of these miracles. And so they, they're all there seeing like 
uh, frogs raining down and the yeah. Nile yeah. turns into blood and they're just like, whoa, whoa, God is incredible. Yeah. Um, like the uh, the 10 plagues were like this, this 10 answers to the Egyptian pantheon and like each one was like god flexing over one of the egyptian gods and so like the israelites are like basically set up to like okay god is here with us like doing something and then like this long generations awaited promise of you're gonna be free happens and they like pack up their stuff and they're leaving and then like on the first speed bump the first obstacle they're just like we should have never rocked the boat. We should just go home, yeah. which was like, <laughs> I like how they turn on Moses. I mean, I don't like it, but I think it's funny how they turn on Moses. Like what? Were there no graves in Egypt? They did to bring us out here to die. <laughs> yeah. It's so sarcastic. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, the way that it's written and what's funny is I, I totally see myself as you're talking about that, just God blessing and providing and leading and guiding. And then as soon as I hit a speed bump, I'm like, God, where are you? Like, what's going to happen here? Yeah. What do we do? And... Why me, God? Um, Seriously. But I think part of what you were talking about is, is going from trying to bring our reaction to things from the rest of the Israelites of, I know that God did that, but now uh, obviously like God has left us because things are bad again to yeah. Moses's reaction of, yeah, things are bad not ideal but don't be afraid god is still with us yeah uh yeah Yeah. i just man that it's so funny because like i can go from like the hugest blessing like i mean we've gone surfing where like i get this incredible wave and i'm like (laughs) and i'm just like oh i'm so stoked i'm paddling back out i'm like i'm the greatest surfer of all time and then like i turn around and catch it it's true. It's not pride. It's humbly stating no facts. Uh, and then like, I take another one and I like fall immediately. And I'm just like, my entire mood is like, I'm the worst surfer ever. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> and like, I'm done. Yeah. It's just like the, this sucks. Why do I even do this? Um, but that like tendency that we have to flip flop between extremes. Um, yep. And I think part of standing firm, as we talked about, was like uh, rooting ourselves in, okay, when things go wrong, I know that this is how I'm going to respond, that I'm going to respond more like Moses and less like the Israelites. Totally. And you know what's funny is, um, what's really worth mentioning is when you look at the account of it, God actually leads them into that area. Mm. And it's not like this was out of his control or as if, you know, Pharaoh goes after the Israelites and and you know, the Lord Almighty is like, whoa, 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 don't do that. Like, like God says, I'm going to harden his heart. And it's almost like he's setting it up for a bigger miracle to happen. Mm. And because God leads them into that area, um, you know, God commands them that way. saying he's not going to do that for their harm or, you know, that's going to, to ultimately be for their demise. But rather, God leads them there so he can continue to show his mercy, his miracles, his grace. And really to make a big statement in their lives. When I look at my life and I look at the times when it felt impossible, I wondered where God was through all of that. And some of our people who are listening right now, you might feel the same way where you're looking around going, I have no idea where God is. But just know that the story that is consistent throughout scripture is the Lord is sovereign. He reigns. 
And it's not a negative thing where he's going to do what he wants and you have to deal with it. Like, like a, that's just the way it is kind of attitude, but rather God is sovereign and he reigns. And because of that, he sees you and he's with you even as hard as it seems. And there will be a day, uh, whether it's months from now, years from now, where you look back and go, wow, like God was totally with me through all of that. And as the Israelites look back on this episode of the Red Sea, they celebrated because as impossible as it seemed, God totally came through. And that's why it's a foundational part of the story of them as a nation. Mm. Yeah, there's this, um, this like uh, tradition where uh, they like get together. Um, I, I got to fact check this, like make sure that I'm saying it right. But you know, basically uh, it's like a thing at like Passover and stuff like that, where they uh, have this uh like call and response of like going through and listing all of the things that God did. And then everybody says like, that would have been enough. And so like for God to like call Abraham, that would have been enough for God to bring them out of Egypt. That would have been enough, but then like, like keep going. And like, it's a continuation of how faithful God is. Um, and we can look back and not only at our own lives, but the lives of people that we know, uh, the people in, in scripture, uh, the stories that we hear uh, about God's faithfulness and say, okay, God was with them then and God is with me now. Amen to that. That's awesome. Man. Amen. And to that's, that. kind of the, that's kind of the heart of the message is no matter what you're going through, um, you can choose to be still. And as you choose to be still, you're trusting him with what's most important. Okay. They're at the Red Sea. Uh, Egypt is closing in on them. Uh, God tells Moses, uh, which sarcastic response from God, which I thought was hilarious. It's like, why are you crying to me for it? Tell him stop crying. Uh, <laughs> super funny. Uh, not funny for the Israelites in that moment. Um, but outside of that, it's funny. Uh, and then God's supposed to see and then they walk through it. Um, and part of being still and having faith is knowing when to act of like, okay, I'm going to wait for God to open an opportunity. And then when that opportunity comes up, I'm going to take it. Obviously for the Israelites, God splits to see huge miracle, very obvious. This is the opportunity. This is the path that God is giving you. How do we now, if, you know, we're at work, God isn't going to like split the sea for us to walk through. How do we differentiate between, okay, I'm going to wait for God. And like, how do we tell when those God ordained uh, opportunities are? Well, that's a really good question, really. Like when an opportunity arises, how do you know that it's God? Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of lends itself towards last week's message that my dad shared just about how do you know if it's God in a decision-making process? Yeah. A lot of it has to do, does it align up with his character, align up with his will, like those kind of things. In the Israelites' case, it was obvious because they were stuck, yeah? And when the sea opens up, it's like, that is the way out of there, right? Yeah. Like the sea would open up and they go, oh, that's not the way. Oh, that's just in no our case, Yeah, seriously, right? Like in our case, it's a little more, it's a little different. So take the examples that I shared earlier. If you're having financial problems, what does it look like for the sea to open up? Well, it could look like you winning the lottery, but that's probably not going to happen because we don't have a lottery in Hawaii unless you're on the mainland. Um, 
more than likely, it looks like you being faithful and choosing God's way every time, if you will, mm. when it comes to the financial part, even with relationships, if you're single or you're dating or you're looking, you're waiting on God for it. Like the sea opening up could be you meet a uh, Mr. or Miss Wright, you know, somewhere online with a group of friends at church. Like that, that might be the sea opening up. But at the same time, uh, not to add to the text, but I wonder if as the sea opens up, the Israelites uh, step in cautiously and just trying to figure out, hey, is this going to work? Like, is this, is this okay? And I think similarly, when it comes to things like financial opportunities, you know, let's say back to the financial opportunity, your high school friend gives you an opportunity in multi-level marketing, you know, selling, I don't know, organic bricks or something. And you're like, whoa, is this an opportunity to get in at the ground level? Maybe, but don't invest half your life savings into it. You know what I mean? And ask people for wisdom and all this kind of stuff. That Is this really God or is this just a distraction? Likewise, for back to the relationships, if you're single and you're meeting someone and just take your time with it. Don't feel like we both have birthdays in the first half of the year. Like she must be the one, you know, like we can read into all these things that we want to read into. Right. But I think if we continue to do things God's way, then we see his leading. Lastly, mm-hmm. in that argument example of, you know, holding your tongue and what does it look like for the seas to open? It could be where uh, God gives you an opportunity to start talking with this person. And it's, I think it's stewarding those opportunities well. So rather than just coming with both barrels and the person is inquisitive about the issue that you've been talking about, or think, well, finally you're going to talk about it and you just blast on them. It might be you take it a little slower. I think um, that idea of walking through the Red Sea is almost the counterpoint to the be, be still is to be lazy argument. It's more to say, no, you still have to walk. But I think how you walk through the sea, how you step through it is important. So hard to make a, um, here's how to make godly decisions, um, talk you know, on the fly. Mm-hmm. But last week we covered that in depth. So I think it's a good way for our listeners, if they're interested, take a listen to last week's podcast and sermon. Yeah. And you can find that uh, in our podcast feed, on our Facebook, YouTube, uh, through our website. Um, and you can go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, we can also, you can also scroll down through the old, uh, Metro minute. Uh, each one has like a recap of the sermon and you can kind of just skim through it, uh, and get kind of the main points, or you can go back and listen to it. And, uh, it is really, I I really like how these past few messages kind of been building on each other where it's like, okay, here's how to like make these godly decisions. And then now it's like, wait until God makes the opportunity and then go for it. And then it's like, well, how do I know it's the God opportunity? Well, we talked about that last week of like, here's how to like the filtering system of how to make those decisions. Yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, And I'm trying to figure out how to put a small group push into this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One per episode. Uh, Wait on God together in your connect group. So you're not doing it alone. Yes, the Israelites didn't walk alone. Um, no, I think that uh, one of the under underrated, under like talked about aspects of this story uh, is that it took the entire night to walk through the sea um, mm. because most of it, most of us just think of it as um, what's that movie? Son of Egypt, Prince of, Prince of Egypt, Prince of Egypt, uh, where like the sea parts and there's a whale swimming next to them. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like a, a quick scene. Um, 
but an entire night of walking and like being exhausted and like looking over your shoulder at Egypt following you, like just the, uh, we're going to get you. Um, and like having that faith, because I think that a lot of times we get it into our head that like when God provides an opportunity out, it's going to be like a quick fix. Uh, it's going to be, okay, that was the obvious solution and we're going to take it and then everything's better again. But a lot of times, realistically, it is a grueling night long walk through an ocean, you know, with the, all the worry of, is the water going to hold? Are the Egyptians going to catch us? Um, and one of the great ways to make it through a grueling walk is with people to support you. Bam! There it is. Uh, we've got great connect groups. Um, and in all seriousness, like when we're going through rough times, having people to support us is one of the biggest things that you can do. Uh, and having a community that is there for you, that is like wants to see you succeed, that you can bounce ideas off of, that can help you out, that you can like, hey, I think this is a God opportunity. And they can say kind of like, uh, it seems kind of sketchy or yeah, it seems like you go for it. Uh, connect groups are an incredible way to do that. So we have great connect groups. You can head over to our website. Oh, we have a connect group finder. You can email Cameron at Metro Christian Church if you have any questions. Um, but we seriously, seriously believe in the power of connect groups, the power of having a community where you can be vulnerable, you can be open, uh, you can support each other in very, very real ways through tough, grueling uh, seasons where uh, they can encourage you that God is still with you. Amen to that, man. I did it. Amen to that. I did it. That was cool. Well, people often don't know if the story of God's people, the Jews walking through the Red Sea, actually happened like it's fake. But I can tell you, it is real. Oh, Pastor Brandon, you been doing yoga lately? Because that one was kind of a stretch. Yeah, kind of limber there. <laughs> Some people think it's real heavy, but it's real light. Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> That's all the time we have on the Hana Hope podcast. Oh. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you again for joining us. <laughs> Pastor Brandon, never failed to disappoint. Thanks for making time. Thanks for sitting down, talking story on the Hana Hope podcast. Well, uh, oh, sorry. That's it. Oh, well, all right. Hey, everybody, we'll see you next week uh, on the Hanaho podcast. Head over to our website to register for services, get any information on what we talked about. We'll see you next week. Shoots. Shoots. <laughs>